first, I want to say thank you to the praise team. Like our praise and worship last night and this morning has been outstanding. And we appreciate the time you gave up of your free time to practice and get everything together. We appreciate the selection of your songs, the decision to have us pray over each other last night. All of that has been really powerful. And we just want you to know how beneficial it's been for the body and how much we appreciate you serving us in that way. And church, I would say, why do we not praise that way when we're at church, like when we're at the GDAC? Why does it sound so different? Maybe part of it's because the GDAC's a lot bigger, but maybe part of it's because we just feel a lot more freer when we're out and we're away and we're somewhere different. And so I would just encourage you to think through that. Ask yourself, why am I more expressive when I'm at the retreat? Or why am I louder when I'm at the retreat? And see if God has anything to say to you about that. And if he does, then make a change. And let's have uh, worship that is just as energetic no matter where we are, because our God is with us wherever we are. Okay, so I'm setting my timer, which is something I don't always do, but this morning, you're getting the distinct pleasure of hearing from me and Josh, <laughs> so it's important that we stick to a timer here, so I'm just going to jump right in. At the end of the book of Joshua, we see the people of Israel recommit to serving God as their king. And this is what it says. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose this day for yourselves whom you will serve. Whether the gods of, that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living... But as for me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And at that point, the people go on to recount all the things that God has done for them. And they end by declaring, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And then they set up a stone as a witness to this commitment that they're making to him. And it's a beautiful moment for Israel. But then the next book, Judges, is all about how quickly the people forget their commitment to serve God and him only. And over and over again in the book of Judges, you see this cycle of the people turning away to God and turning to sin that God then to discipline them sends another nation to oppress them. And then the people repent and they cry out to God. And God in his great mercy can't stand to hear their cries and their suffering. And he delivers them. In the book of Judges, he delivers them by a judge. Um, a judge in the book of Judges was more of a military leader than what we would think of as a judge. And then after they were delivered, there would be peace until they start the cycle all over again. They forget God, they turn to sin, and they do it all over again. One of the themes that runs through the Bible is how easily humans forget who God is. And we're not any different. We tend to forget who God is. We have a lot of distractions in this world, and it's easy to forget 
what's really important and who our God really is. So this morning, we just want to remind you of what's important, not because we think you don't know, but because we don't want you to forget. And we hope that today will be a day of recommitment and joy and hope. The title of our sermon today is, We Are a New Church, Sort of. (laughs) We've divided into two sections, what are you doing here and what are we doing here. I'm covering what are you doing here and Josh is going to cover what are we doing here. And then if you listen really closely, you'll hear that we've incorporated the mission, the vision, the values, and apprenticeship to Jesus. They may not be directly stated, but you'll hear those themes running throughout what we say. So what are you doing here? What are you doing with this Jesus thing? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing here? And I'm going to use throughout this sermon, Jesus and God interchangeably. Um, And so anytime you hear one, think of both. Um, They are one and the same, so I'm going to use both names. The other thing I want to note before I actually get into this is just that we want this to be a challenge to you today, not a beat down to you today. Um, And so please receive it that way. Both Josh and I are pretty passionate about what we're going to say this morning. And so if that comes across to you as we're angry with you or or we perceive that something's being done that's um, not right, that's not the case at all. Um, We love the growth that we see in our church. What we want to do is build off of that growth and just remind you and push you and excite you for what we're doing here, what you're doing here. So our mission is to make and mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. To make immature disciples who love Jesus is where it starts. Because you're here because God loves you and because you love him. We love him because he loved us first. Do you love him for who he is? Do you love him because he's kind, compassionate, a servant, our savior, our Lord who gave his life for us, our healer, our comforter, because he's merciful and patient, because he's our only hope, because he's faithful. When you love Jesus, you naturally run to him. You naturally want to spend time with him. And I'm not in any way saying that because we love him, that becomes easy. Not at all. But what I am saying is if we truly love him, we will find a way. We will find a way to be with him. At this point in writing my sermon, I wanted to remind you of all the reasons why you should love Jesus and share why I love Jesus. And I wanted to paint a picture of who he is. And I wanted it to be powerful and moving because he is powerful and moving. But I got stuck. And I spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to write something that I never could write. And so finally, I was so frustrated. I was like, God, what? And I felt God say to me, stop it. You can't do that. You can't make someone love Jesus. 
You can't make someone know Jesus. Only each person can do that for yourself. So what are you doing here? What you are doing here is getting to know Jesus and love him and learn what that looks like in a lived out life. You have to care enough to get to know him and learn how much he loves you so you can love him in return. I know most of you in this room love Jesus. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that you don't. So I'm not talking about something new here. I'm talking about building on the love you already have for him because it's so easy for us to forget. So one of the first things I want you to think about, I'm going to give you just a minute just to think about this, but how does Jesus love you? How does Jesus love you in your life? And that's just a question for you to think through. So I'm just going to be quiet for a minute so you can think. How does Jesus love you? I hope that that felt like a very short amount of time to you because time slows way down when you're standing up here and timing and that felt like the longest minute <laughs> on the face of the earth but hopefully to you it felt like it went by really fast so after you think about how does Jesus love you the question is do you love him do you want more of him or are you satisfied with just enough of him do you know Jesus? Do you know his heart? Do you know his character? Do you know his life? In the book of Judges, there's this really interesting story about a judge named Jephthah. He was going out to fight the Ammonites because they had oppressed Israel. And when he did, he made this vow. Whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph, I will sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord. Now that sounds really spiritual. It sounds like I'm going to give all glory to God for this triumph that I have experienced. But when he came back home, the first thing out the door was his daughter, his only child. And he follows through with his vow and sacrifices her to God. He does not know the character of God. 
because that is not something that would please God. That is something that would horrify God. And if you know his character, you know that. But if you don't know his character, you wind up making really bad decisions like Jephthah did, trying to please him in a way that doesn't. So we should know our God's character, and we do that by talking to him in prayer, by listening to him in prayer, by reading scripture to see who he is throughout the whole story of scripture. And so how much time... If you love him, do you spend talking to him and getting to know his character? I found a quote in the book Crazy Love by Francis Chan that I think says a lot of this really well. He says, the very fact that a holy, eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, merciful, fair, and just God loves you and me is nothing short of astonishing. The wildest part is that Jesus doesn't have to love us. He doesn't need me and he doesn't need you. Yet he wants us. He chooses us. He even considers us his inheritance. And that's a reference to Ephesians 1.18. The greatest knowledge we can ever have is knowing God treasures us. That reality is amazing beyond description. The Holy Creator sees you as his glorious inheritance. The irony is that while God needs us, while God doesn't need us but still wants us, we need God but don't really want him most of the time. He treasures us and anticipates our being with him And we wonder how much we have to do for him to get by. That's a pretty strong indictment. So first of all, what are we doing here? What are you doing here? Hopefully, you're here to love Jesus. And then once you love Jesus, the second thing you're here for is for real, meaningful change that translates into action. So you're here to be like Jesus, what we've talked about in apprenticeship to Jesus. We're a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. Has your life been changed by Jesus? Or did you just love Jesus and everything stayed the same? Or did you just love Jesus and make some changes and then stop growing and stop changing? You have a choice every day to adjust how you live or to stay the same. And you can't stay the same and grow. You have to move to grow. Jesus never begs you to give him some small part of yourself. Luke 14.33 says, In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus doesn't want some small part of you. He wants everything. Jesus doesn't want your attendance. He doesn't want your good enough. He doesn't want your bare minimum. He wants your everything. He wants your whole heart. Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 
Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men, be it church on Sunday morning, be it small group on Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday night, whatever the case may be. He doesn't want your attendance. Jesus does not want your perfection. Listen to that again. Jesus does not want your perfection. He doesn't need it. He died because you're not. What he wants is for you to bring your weakness, your sin, your mess to him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He doesn't want your perfection. He wants your everything. Jesus does not want you to give only when you have extra and when it doesn't affect your standard of living and when it's easy and when it's safe to give. He wants all of it. He wants everything. He wants your money, your house, your car, your job, every bit of it. King David replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that cost me nothing. How many offerings are we giving Jesus that cost us nothing? That's 1 Chronicles 21, 24. Jesus does not want your quiet time. He wants our everything, our whole day, our whole life. Now, I'm not saying that quiet time's not part of that. I'm saying if you think you're going to offer him a little part of your day and then go on and live the way you want to the rest of the time, he doesn't want that. He wants you to love him with your whole being. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mark 12, 30. Jesus gave us everything. And he asks for everything, but we try to give him less. One of the things I want to note here is that Jesus doesn't like spring this on us. Like, oh, I love you so much, and now you're going to follow me. Oh, by the way, you've got to give me everything. He tells us up front what we're going to have to give. And he says, It says in scripture, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That is from Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. When we know how much he loves us, we will give him everything. Nothing held back. We'll live for him and not for ourselves. I want to give you um, a real-life example of this. So our, Kurt and I have a friend that has been a part of our family for quite a while. His name's Anthony. 
And three years ago, Anthony got really bad diabetes and his kidneys failed. And so he's been on dialysis, he's had to go on disability, he can't work anymore, he couldn't drive, he couldn't do any of the things that he had been able to do. But he was put on a kidney transplant list. And when his name went on that list, a lot of people at the Wiley Church, which is where Anthony attends, went and got tested to see if they were a match. And one of those people was a young woman named Alice. Alice got married in December of 2022. She is about 20, 21, uh, something in that age range. And she was a perfect match for Anthony. They said that there was not a closer match they could get than she was. And Alice was determined that she was going to give him a kidney. It never occurred to her not to do that. And so about three weeks ago, Anthony and Alice went into the hospital at Medical City Hospital, and they took Alice's kidney out, and they put it into Anthony, and it began to work perfectly immediately. He has not had one day of dialysis since then. He has a lot of things we didn't even know were connected to that, uh, like his legs and feet hurting really bad uh, have gone away as well. And it was a huge blessing. But Alice took a risk. She has one kidney now, which a lot of people live with one kidney. Both my son and my daughter-in-law, his wife, each have one kidney. And so we tease them about how they really do complete each other. <laughs> um, but if something happened, if she got a super bad infection, if she got in an accident and that kidney was taken out, then she would need a kidney transplant. So she was willing to take a risk there, but she trusted that no matter what happened, that God would be with her and would provide for her. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Do you think there's anything Alice could ask Anthony for that if it was in his power, he wouldn't give to her? Every day that he wakes up, he knows that he gets to be the person that he was before he got sick because of Alice's gift to him. He knows that without Alice's gift, eventually he wouldn't be alive. She literally saved his life with that gift. Do you think Anthony would cheat her if she asked for something? Do you think he would give her less than or his bare minimum? I can tell you after talking to him uh, that he would give her anything that he possibly could because he is so grateful for what she has done for him. And if we know how much Jesus loves us, if we get to know him and know his character, then that's going to bring real change to our lives that translates into action because he deserves it. When we sang that song, What a Beautiful Name It Is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King, it reminded me of a scripture in Judges that says, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so my question is, what did you mean when you sang that song? And you said, Jesus Christ, my king, is he really your king or are you your king? 
What does it mean that Jesus is your king? I think we've established that. It means that he gets everything because he deserves it. So you, why are you, what are what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? I can't even say the question. You are here to love Jesus, and you are here for meaningful, real change that translates into action as we give him everything. You have to choose who you will serve. First, individually, each one of us have to choose that. And then collectively, we have to choose that. And Josh is going to talk about that part. But I just want to close by saying, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the other gods, the God of self, the God of money, the God of comfort, the God of pleasure, the God of job, the God of safety. Throw away those gods and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose right now, today, who it is you are going to serve. Because you will serve someone or something. But as for me and my household, and hopefully as for me and you and our church body, we will serve the Lord. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.